Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Tuesday, December 26th. This is episode number 230. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Woo-hoo! I'm on board the hype train, Rod. <laughs> is that the Browns hype train or the, or the Flacco? Oh, the, man. The, I'm wacko whatever. for Flacco. Wacko for Flacco. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Yeah. We got an, We got a convert. Excellent. Um, That's good uh, to yeah, hear. Yeah, finally bought in. Uh, uh, excellent. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna talk some. I I can't. Th- what else goes with Flacco? I'm, we're gonna talk some Flacco tonight for sure. Um, joining us is our friend and guest Menachem Ikevitz. Uh, you can follow him at Menudo underscore Man. Hey Menachem, it's been a few months. How are you? Thank God I'm doing great. It's always fun when I get to talk to you guys, and it's especially fun when we're having such a great season. Right? So. Yeah. Um, yeah. What can you say, man? It's uh, uh, it, it's just been a lot of fun. Just been a lot of fun following this team this this season. So, so yeah. So um, so let's uh, let's just launch right into the game, guys. Um, Browns go into Houston. And uh, C.J. Stroud uh, not playing in the game, so the Browns get Case Keenum as a starter. And, um, you know, I I think we're probably all C.J. Stroud fans, you know, from him playing at Ohio State, Um, you know, just having a great rookie season. Um, Hope he's okay, you know. Um, Hate to see anybody miss uh, um, more than one game with a concussion. You know, I certainly don't want his his young career jeopardized, you know, by the beginnings of, of, you know, concussion issues and things like that. So hope, I'm hoping he's okay, but obviously the Browns, you know, Browns caught, um, you know, caught things right by not having to face CJ Stroud, um, in this game. So, so they go in and, and, um, what can you say they they, they took care of business. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to you guys and get your impressions, your thoughts, what stood out. And there were some very obvious things. So <laughs> I'll, some really big things. But um, um, Menachem, I'm going to let you go first. You're the guest. So so what stood out to you? Um, what what uh, would you enjoy about the game or, or what did you love that the Browns did? Well, I'm, I'm going to go with the low-hanging fruit. And the easy answer is Amari Cooper. I mean, <laughs> what, a, what a game, what a day. We were we were sitting at the bar watching with my, with my Browns backers club, and we were we when that when he had that first play, that first catch, the huge play, the, the later on the 75 yard touchdown pat, reception. I mean, the place erupted like like there was an earthquake going on. It was crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. We, yeah. We, we have a good group, and and it's just it was just it was a lot of fun and. It's more fun when we're winning, so that's what it comes down to. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, let, let's just talk about Amari Cooper for a minute. Um, you know, he he started so early with those two big catches. I think he had three receptions for 150 yards somewhere early in the second quarter, maybe. That's the way I'm remembering it. Um, mm-hmm. That That's when I put a tweet out saying this would be the Amari Cooper game, and 
Um, I mean, obviously, it was pretty close to being the Amari Cooper game at that point anyway, so I don't want to take a whole lot of credit. But, you know, at that point, I looked up what his career best was, and I'm like, I'm thinking, man, he's probably close to his career best. And I look up, and he's got he's got like six games higher than 150 yards. So I'm <laughs> thinking, wow. You know, and his, his career best, I think, was 210 or 216 or something like that. Um, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, he's got a shot at that. Um, never imagining that he would, you know, go for the Browns single game record, which I didn't even know what it was other than I was pretty sure Josh Gordon held that record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 11 catches for 265 and two touchdowns. And it was just magical, guys. I mean, I don't know what else you can say about Amari Cooper, but oh. he's he's just um, he's just a pro. Um, I just love watching him play. Well, he, he certainly knew what the, the team single game record was, Rod, because he was lobbying heavy at the end of the game for Stefanski to give him another play. Okay. Um, <laughs> he so, had yeah, somebody he, look it up for him. Yeah, probably. He, he knew what he knew what it was. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think I mentioned something about, um, you know, the Flacco to Cooper connection really just not being there yet, being a little bit off the timing or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's safe to say that they put put that behind them now. They kind of figured it out. They might have figured it out. Yeah, the the encouraging thing, I think, for that is that, you know, so much of it was vertical. You know, they were throwing the ball down the field, uh, and and Amari was getting open deep versus, you know, a lot of these short route things that, you know, yards after catch that that we've seen from him, you know, for the most part. But um, they've been able to stretch the field. Um, the last couple of games and this game in particular. Um, so that's, that's a big, big deal uh, for our offense. Um, it still hasn't helped the run game <laughs> for whatever yeah. reason, but, yeah, but we're stretching game, the field. So run game uh, pretty much non-existent again. Yeah. So game, we, but. we can score points quick now, you know, uh, where we were 10 or 15 or so play drives. Now we're, you know, we're able to score pretty quickly. Um, but for me, I think that the biggest thing about this game and, and you know, it was great that we put up all those points and everything. But what, what, the reason we really Houston was never in this game is because our defense traveled this week, which yep. we've we've been waiting for them to do. Um, I, I wasn't convinced they were going to be able to do it in my prediction last week. Um, but you know what? They did it. They, they traveled. They played extremely well. Uh, you know, like you said, the, the caveat is that it wasn't against C.J. Stroud. But they still played right. extremely well. Um, a few few mental lapses here and there, but all in all, uh, that game could have easily been a shutout. Yeah, I mean the the uh, the defense really gave up nothing. I mean yes. they gave you know um, Houston scored on a kickoff return, and other than that, the the uh, the other points were in garbage time. Right. So um, just uh, yeah, yeah, the defense was incredible. Um, Brown's passing game was incredible. Um, and man, the Flacco fever, um, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> he actually threw the ball less, you know, the, the least, um, least amount of throws he's had in a game. Only, he only, he only threw it 42 times this week. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, a yeah. couple less than, than the week before, but, right. um, 27 to 42 for 368 yards and, just tack on three more touchdown passes and a couple of interceptions, but uh, well, and, and the good yeah. news is, is those interceptions 
were at a place in the field where they were really inconsequential. That's so, right. You know, yeah, they didn't the, hurt. Yes, the two the two interceptions you'd like to see cleaned up, but at least they're not putting us in a bad spot, which you know is really the difference uh, versus you know what we've seen in other games where you know you give the other team a short field. So yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be too upset about those particular interceptions. Yeah, yeah. So so Menachem, I, I was talking to a friend today, and he was talking about how um, how Flacco Flacco when he whether he throws a touchdown pass or an interception. Now, now he gets a little excited about the touchdown passes, so it's not exactly the same. But when he walks off the field, there's not much change in in the way he looks. Okay, he doesn't beat himself up over an interception. He just he's ready and he moves on to the next play, and that's that's unusual even for even for experienced quarterbacks. So I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that and how how a guy gets to that point because I mean that that is so important for a guy. To be able to go out on the next drive and, you know, not be second guessing himself and his arm and thinking about what he did on the last play. Um, you know, I, I don't know how a guy gets to that point other than just experience, but I kind of wanted to get your thoughts, too. Yeah, I mean, I, de- I definitely I definitely agree that the experience is a, is a big aspect of it. I also think that sometimes as, as you, you know, you guys will understand one day when you get to my age, as you get a little older, <laughs> you're, you're, uh, you know, you, you get, you have, you have certain, you, un, you understand what, what's been, what's been, and you, you realize, you know, it could be that he realizes how much that he spent most of the season on his couch and he spent, and he's, he doesn't know how much more time he has left in his football career. And quite frankly, and he's, you know, possibly enjoying every moment of it and having the opportunity to do it and realizing that he can't get too far down on interceptions because he's got to get back in there and he's going to, you know, I mean, after, after, after back-to-back drives last week towards the end of the first half with interceptions, he started off the third quarter with a couple of touchdowns and right there, you know, right back in it, right back on it. And, you know, He's 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 the guy. He's the dude. I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Jeff, is this? I mean, is it just experience, or is it a whole lot of confidence in himself too, or what? You know what? I I think it's partially the um, environment. Um, you know, he's he's been put in a really good position by joining this team. Um, you have to wonder if, you know, the Jets came calling for him, if they had said, you know, come, Hey, Aaron Rodgers is out, come try to rescue our season. You know, if, if it would have been as, as well suited to him performing this way, I think a lot mm-hmm. of it has to do with the, you know, the fact that the Browns have this really tight clubhouse, um, locker room, um, and, they're finding ways to win and, and just that winning uh, confidence breeds confidence, I think. So, yeah. yes, I think, I think he brings a certain amount of that as a, as a grizzled veteran 
but you know what we're seeing from Joe Flacco is is more than we've ever seen from Joe Flacco. I think it's it's you know like aside it. from a couple seasons with the Ravens, um, you know these this is the first time in his career he's had back to back to back three hundred yard games. So yeah, he's having fun. I think he's in a, a great situation with this team, um, and I think Kevin Stefanski has put him in a position to be able to really do well um, with the tools that he has available. So it's kind of like a perfect storm, I think, for him, you know, at the end of his career um, to come in and, and just have, have a lot of fun. Like, like Menachem said, I think he's, I think he's just really having fun. Uh, Okay, guys. So, so when we're talking about receivers on the Browns, we're obviously talking about Amari Cooper. Um, you know, and, and David and Joku, those two guys are far and away the leaders in receptions, yards on the team. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jerome, Jerome Ford is the is the third leading receiver in, in receptions on the team. And, and then there's a drop off. And then there's Elijah Moore and some other guys, you know, who have, have who have catches. Um But when you watch Flacco, he's he's still throwing the ball. And, and um, you know, and the, this game against the Texans is a good example because Cooper, you know, had 11 catches and Joku had six for uh, 44 yards and a touchdown um, and then drops down to Elijah Moore, you know, um, two catches for 19 yards. And then I, I don't have it in front of me, but there's like five more guys with at least a catch or two. Right. So he's spreading the ball around. Does it? I don't want to make this sound stupid. Like, are you worried about the passing game? But does it bother you guys that there isn't another receiver that has a more significant role in the passing game at this point? Or do you think it's good that the ball is spread around so much? Hmm. That's a good question. Look, I, I like the fact that it's spread around a little bit. I like the fact that Guys are getting opportunities. It's nice to see Cedric Tillman make a couple plays, but he's mm-hmm. still a rookie and he doesn't he doesn't have the the pedigree that some of the other guys do. So it's nice to see that he's getting some opportunities, even though he's not, you know, a fourth year player, fifth year player like some of these other guys. Um, it's also good to see Marquise Goodwin in the last couple of weeks, even though he didn't have a catch this week. Mm-hmm. But they they threw they threw you, when you throw the deep pass toward to a guy, it. it should theoretically help spread out, spread the defense a little bit, and hopefully that helps the running game. I mean, it didn't work out in this game so much, but in the, <laughs> they didn't need him. Yeah, they didn't need him. It should work. Game. But yeah, it should no, you're right. You're right. So yeah, just just kind of curious because um, I don't know most teams that are passing the ball the way the Browns are right now are only going to, you know, that have only two guys that have the number of catches and yards that the Browns do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I think it's somewhat unusual. Um, yeah. So, so I would think you'd like, you, I think you'd like to see a number three guy kind of step up a little bit in theory, you know, Brown. just to know that there's um, maybe one guy that, uh, you know, that Flacco trusts to be that number three guy, but apparently he's good throwing the ball to anybody. So maybe that's just as good. 
Well, I, I think some of it has to do with the offense too, Rod. You know, I mean, when DPJ was here, um, you know, he was an established guy. I mean, you know, talk about we do have a lot of young guys in the receiver room, but yeah, DPJ was out there on every play and, and didn't didn't get many looks. You know, so yeah, I, I think I think this offense runs through Amari Cooper and and David Njoku, and that and you know what, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Those are two really really solid weapons. Well, it's it's working. It's working. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm just kind of curious what you guys thought. Um, yeah. The one thing that I that I was a little, that I'm a little surprised about was that Elijah Moore is not doing as much, especially since he had time last year with Flacco when he when they were with the Jets. Yeah. That's the one thing that's a little interesting to me. It's something that I've, I've not you know I expected more out of that. But again, I'm I'm okay with them focusing on Cooper and Joku and passing it all around the, with the rest of the guys having a couple catches here, a couple catches there. So. Well, Elijah Moore got more targets from Flacco in Flacco's first game or two. Because mm-hmm. you could tell he was more comfortable with him initially. Mm-hmm. But now that he's gotten more comfortable with Njoku and Cooper, he's going to those guys more. Which which makes sense. And I sense. think Elijah Moore is is has settled into a purely a receiver role now where, you know, early in the season they were trying all kinds of different gadgets things with him. Um so like we just, have to get him the ball. And, right. Yeah. So and you really not, don't have to get him the ball in this offense. Right. Now you, you get him the ball when he's open. Yeah. And let him, yeah, get, I'm, you know, let him I'm, get what he can. Yeah. I'm okay with, you know, the guys that, that got targets this week. Um, I think Tillman continues to show that, you know, he's a big body that can, can catch the ball across the middle, which is something we need. Um, yeah. I'm a little disappointed that David Bell hasn't really surfaced yet. Um, you know, yeah, not much. I kind of thought by this point we'd we'd be seeing a little bit more out of David Bell. Um, mm-hmm. Same. Just, you know, I think I think Tillman has passed him in terms of development now. Um, yeah, which is which is unfortunate. Um, it's unfortunate for Bell. I mean, yeah, right. it's, it, I mean, it's not bad for the team, but yeah, right. it's unfortunate right. for Bell. Right. I think that, you know, a guy in his second year would be a little bit further along at this point. And, and he's just really not getting, not getting the opportunities. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's, you know, the coaching staff's not confident in him or if he's not getting open enough or what the deal is. But um, yeah, I thought we'd be seeing a little bit more from him by now. Yeah, I, I would agree. That, that that hurts the depth of the receiver room a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. So, but, go just, ahead, so just to buttress the point there, I mean, their 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 snaps, the snap counts in this game. Cedric Tillman was at was at was at sixty offensive snaps, which was, which was good for seventy three percent, while David Bell was only in on twenty of them. Twenty. Mm-hmm. Of them. So like mm-hmm. he's just getting more. Cedric Tillman's getting a lot more opportunities also, which again makes the point was. Is are they not? What are they? What is David Bell? What's David Bell not doing? Like, is he yeah. not? Is he not? What is he not showing them stuff during during the week? And that's why. And Cedric Tillman is, and that's why he's getting the the opportunities. I think know? Tillman's doing what DPJ did, but I mean, he's he's blocking. You know, he's right. He's no, that I'm big body blocker. You know? Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Tillman, I'm saying positive for Tillman. I'm just saying I'm what you know. Yeah. 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 I, I I I want to make sure I'm clear on that. I'm. I like Tillman. I, I think he's a wonderful player. I hope he continues to develop. And right. You know. And guys, it, guys, it might just be how good Tillman is. It might not be that that Bell's not. You know, it might not be something Bell's not doing. It might just be how good Tillman 
looks, you know, in practice and and some of the blocking he's doing in games and some of his catches. I mean, he's certainly not taking games over at this point. You know, he's playing well, but he he still has room for a lot of growth. Tillman right. does. Uh, but he looks good so far, but he doesn't look like a guy that, you know, that 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 you would think that they're seeing in practice and they're saying, oh, yeah, they're no, we can't sit him down. Mm-hmm. You know, you would think that if Bell played really well, that he could still get some snaps from him. Yeah, but it, it, it's hard to say. And it, it's hard to criticize this this passing game right now. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, Browns were uh, four of six on fourth down. Um, kind of surprising they went for it that many times. And I'll be honest with you guys, I don't remember all the situations. I think a lot of them were fourth and ones where they they were pretty confident. You I know, or, just or field possession. No <laughs> well, that was true too. No punter and no kicker. Yeah, they that's why they went for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's why. But the fact that they made four of them was pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, Another thing, and I'm not going to dwell on this because I complain about penalties all the time, guys, but there were 19 penalties in this game, and I'm not going to talk about who got the advantage or didn't get the advantage, but, man, the early part of this game when there were so many penalties called, it just it bordered on being unwatchable. There were times when there was a penalty on, like, five or six straight plays, and I'm like, okay, guys, just stop. Just stop throwing a flag on every dang play because – I want to watch football eventually, you know, Um, it was just too much. And, and I know the players bear responsibility for that, but um, the last thing I want is a flag on every dang play. Um, I I do want to let a few of those things go just to see some football. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, On the other side, uh, Case Keenum, man, 11 for 17 for 62 yards and two picks. Um, not uh, not how he wanted to look. And it, I, I don't know, I, did he get pulled or did he get hurt, guys? Because, you know, I um, we, we celebrated Christmas at my house. And, I um, you know, about in that transition when they when they pulled him, um, you know, in the last five, ten minutes of the game, I wasn't watching things real close because the Browns had this game put away. So I don't know what happened, but um, I think D'Amico Ryan's had a, a game plan for both. Um, and he had, you know, he had some Davis Mills packages that he, he played early on. Um, so so they were switching them out even in the first quarter. Really? Um, OK. Yeah. yeah. I must have missed um, that. And, and, you know, Keenum, I don't know, he really wasn't looking very good. So okay. <laughs> I think they probably just decided to, you know, ride, ride the hot hand with Davis Mills. And give, yeah. Just give him a chance, you know, but, but really Houston was never in this game. No, um, they weren't. They weren't, you know, the, the, the kick re- or the, the, the kick return for a touchdown was really unfortunate on so many levels because yeah. it, it gave Houston the belief that they could get back in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, the, the next thing you saw was that onside kick and, you know, you're down, what were they down? 30 something to seven at that point. Right. Um, like yeah. 30, 36 to seven at that yeah. point. Right. And, and you go, okay, well, why are they doing an onside kick when they're down 29 points? You yeah. know, um, and, and that, I think kind of, infuriated a few people on the Brown sideline 
mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that they would go for an onside kick at that point. Um, yeah. And, you know, after, especially after us getting our kicker hurt, um, chasing down that, you know, that stupid return. Right. Um, but yeah, that, that was just a, a really unfortunate play that, that kick return. Um, yeah. it, it, it just, there was a ripple effect on the, on the whole, you know, the whole kicking and special teams side. Um, I mean, we've, we've had every other thing go wrong this season. Why not lose both of our kicking units in one game? In right? the same game. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. yeah. And, uh, I guess this is as good a time as any guys, uh, Dustin Hopkins, <laughs> Three points short of that Jim Brown record and go right. an injury. Um, I, you know, I don't know if he's going to get to play in that Bengals game or not. I mean, they're talking yeah. about whether he's going to be available for the playoffs. Um, right, right. I mean, it, it's you know, it's it's almost two weeks out to that Bengals game. I, I would love to see him be able to play in that Bengals game and, and score a few points. Um, and and guy, I, you know, I don't want to say that I want to see a Jim Brown record broken or anything because it's Jim Brown, you know, <laughs> sacrilege or anything. But Dustin Hopkins was going to shatter that record. You right. know, he had three games and then he gets hurt. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to see him miss the Pro Bowl because of this injury and things like that. So um, yeah. I, I felt like the record should have been should have been his if he could have just stayed healthy. And, and what are the odds of him getting hurt on thing? kickoff return like that so right so yeah. I, I hope he makes it back for the Bengals game i just do i don't like and the, any, and the crazy thing is, is is all he was doing was running i mean he he didn't get hit by anybody um he kind of like fell down at the end um but must have been when he you know when he pulled the hammy but um yeah i mean that's literally all all he was doing was running and well, <laughs> he pulled his hamstring. You know, it'll, then, it'll teach it'll teach him not to run in the future. <laughs> I mean, yeah, every football player running, running is not good. Let him go. Yeah, he every football has, player has it ingrained in them from the time they're you know a peewee that you go make the tackle, right? You don't like watch a guy run down the field. You know, he would have gotten completely ripped if he didn't run after the guy, right? Oh. Um, but unfortunately, it ended his season probably yeah yeah he could have pulled a ralph banerska and just walked out the field but what can i say <laughs> i think he right. had a medical reason for doing that if i'm not mistaken right yeah he had to go yeah. smoke a cigarette you gotta give oh i don't know to google who, you gotta give people a chance to google who rob banerska is it? <laughs> well i know you three guys probably know who he is so that's why i brought it up <laughs> right. um yeah I, I, yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So, so Hopkins, we don't know about, um, DTR. Um, I must not have seen when he got hurt guys. So apparently he got really flipped over and pressed. Yeah, it, looked, it looked really bad. It looked really yeah. bad in the moment we were, we were watching, we're like, you know, yeah. that's kind of like the reaction you kind of had. Yeah. And so, I, I just I want to jump in on that real quick, Rod, because you know I said something last week about his body language, and yeah. I thought I thought this week his body language was really good. He was, I mean, he was really um, looking like a good teammate this week. I um, thought so. I thought yeah, so too. So yeah, so because I, I was watching. I glad to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, he's done now. But <laughs> right. that's what happens to. 
yeah, Ugh. that's what happens in Cleveland. So, right. So, yeah. so a, a hip injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still unclear as to the Bajorquez uh, injury and what's wrong with him. I didn't yeah, I think he. Uh, I, I, as to what happened <laughs> to him or or whatnot. I, I think he just um, has a sore quad as a result of kicking off. It's just a, yeah. it, again, it's, it's a, it's a oh, different okay. motion for him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, which was pretty hard to watch him kicking off. Um, but, um, at least it was better than what the Anthony bell did in the last one. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, seriously, guys, you got miles Garrett on a team, you know, he can do anything. Just let miles kick the right. ball out of the end zone. Yeah. Jesus. It's not even going to bother miles. Right. <laughs> but yeah well okay that makes yeah, sense so anyway we, makes we, sense. we've got a couple of new guys on the practice squad now so you know well apparently this riley patterson the kicker they signed is has a chance to uh, to be in decent and reliable um from what i saw i don't know anything about him but yeah um, so the the book on him is is a lot like what we thought it was going to be with dustin hopkins you know that Okay. He's he's pretty accurate in short, but you know, don't ask him to kick one over fifty yards. Um, huh? That's what we were told about Hopkins, right? Um, yeah. So you know, maybe maybe if somebody can work some magic with, with this guy. Well, too. he's got a couple of days with Bubba. Just throw him out there for a fifty-five yard around his first attempt. Let's see what he can do. Yeah. Well, I mean, what what I like about him is that he played for the the Jaguars last year, and he played in a couple of playoff games and he was perfect on his field goals and extra points in two playoff games so playoff experience um you know you could count on him to 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 do his job um even if he's not you know a a 50 yard plus guy um as long as the coach like i've said many times you got to know what you have and if, if you know that you have a guy that's capable of you know 50 yards and in being highly accurate you call plays based on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, apparently uh, PJ Walker's signed to the active roster. So, so we're good at quarterback. Um, <laughs> sure. so everybody's like, everybody's sure. saying, a, sure we everybody's <laughs> saying a prayer about that one. Um, I mean, he's got a good record, but yeah, aside from that, um, let's hope PJ does a good job of, of holding his spot on the bench. Um, right. Yeah. That's, that's all we want out of PJ. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, um, so yeah, I guess we, they're still looking at a punter to sign. I don't know. We, we picked up a, we did pick up a punter today, Rod. Uh, okay. Matt, okay. Matt Hawk. Um, okay. who I hope to God doesn't have to punt for us well, because he is, he has put some God awful games on tape. <laughs> <laughs> now you know it could be like what we've done with some of the other players where you know they they they, they come in well rested and you know they're they're all all ready to go with a, with a contending team and you know they they play the games of their life but um yeah this you mean tell me there's no good punters out there i mean geez there's there should be somebody available out there there's, yeah you know I mean, uh, the these guys like there's can, always kickers around. If these guys can can punt even a little bit, they're on a team. They're they're not sitting at home. 
Hunter, hunters are like left-handed relievers. Just bring in a 45-year-old Jeff Beagles <laughs> or whatever and let him, let him do his thing. Left-handed uh, relievers. Somebody off the couch, man. <laughs> yeah, who's a right. hard um, face mask? Guys, just, let's do it. Yeah. 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 Tom Jesus. Tupa is not available. Tom Tupa, yeah. The only other guys I'm the emergency I, quarterback if needed. To win yeah. Win. Yeah, Tom Soup was probably in his 50s, isn't he? But really? yeah, he might be. No. <laughs> Anyways, I'm being, I might be being generous there. But, um, yeah, thank you. But yeah, so, uh, so guys, back to, um, back to Amari Cooper and his numbers. He's, he's sitting at um, 1,250 yards on the season, and that, that is good enough for number three all time for the Browns. Um, and he's got two games left. He blew right past a thousand yards and eleven hundred and twelve hundred yards. Yeah, yeah, in one, in one game. game. In one game. Um, <laughs> so he's way past his career, right? You know, his career best in yardage. Yeah. Um, he he is thirty nine yards away from passing from from tying. So he needs forty yards to pass Braylon Edwards for the number two mm. all time season. And then he needs about 200 yards a game in his last two games to pass Josh Gordon for the best. Right. <laughs> At 16:46, so I'm not uh, looking for that, but um, he's he's going he's he should easily move into number two, um, you know, for the second best all-time season in Browns history in receiving yardage. Um, well, let's not incredible. put the kibosh on him like we did with Dustin Hopkins. Yeah, I'm gonna knock. Yeah, because yeah, I thought Dustin Hopkins was gonna. He, he's still got a shot. Let's hope he kicks in Cincinnati. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, uh, but yeah, it, and I was looking over that list again. It, that, that list is so interesting. Um, you know, I was looking at Ozzy again. Ozzy's seasons were 2001 and 2002 as far as the yardage. And he did that in, and I think, now I forgot already, like 81 and 84. I mean, 1,001, 1,002. Yeah, 1,001, 1,002, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, he did not do that consecutively. Right. So he, yeah. So he did it, I think in 81 and 84. Um, and if you look at everybody who's had a thousand yards, nope. The only guy to have 10 touchdowns is Edwards out of all those guys with a thousand yards. And there's, I don't know, there's maybe 20 guys have had 20,000 yard seasons. Mm-hmm. Nobody's had ever had a thousand yards and ten touchdowns except for Braylon Edwards. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of kind of uh, it, it's pretty funny. So well, back then, when when Ozzy did that, the, you know they were throwing the ball to him probably fifteen times a game. Oh yeah, I mean, he, he had a consecutive game streak. I forget how long it was. You know, hundred like, games or something. It, yeah, it was around a hundred games. I think. Yeah, oh. um, but yeah, they, I mean they were. Those were hard yards. I mean, he was, you know, he was getting, oh, yeah. getting three to five yards at a crack. You know, it's not like he was, you know, piling up the the yardage. It was it was a lot of little receptions. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't getting. Uh, he wasn't getting thirty and forty yard receptions very often. Yeah. Yeah. So it was different. No. Yeah, I'm not taking anything away from Ozzy whatsoever. Um, he. Yeah. Ozzy is one of the reasons why tight ends are what tight ends are right now. For sure. So, so yeah, would not be without him. So, um, yeah, so, uh, so, yeah, so I'm trying to, what else we had here? Um, yeah, we already talked about receivers. Um, 
Guys, th- there's a lot of playoff watching going on. So I'm kind of curious where you guys are. Um, because for me, I'm I'm still kind of watching the schedule and still kind of watching the Browns. And I'm like, you know what? Let the playoffs fall where they will. Mm-hmm. Okay, but there's only two games left. Um, and, and the Browns have already won 10 games. So are you guys tuned into the playoff scenarios? Um, you know, obviously we wanted the, the Ravens to lose last night, which they, they couldn't do. Or yeah. the uh, 49ers. Um, I, I mean, say what you want. You know, give the Ravens credit or or say that the 49ers, you know, didn't show up, whatever you want. Um, probably a little bit of both. But, um, you know, without that happening, um, the chances of the Browns winning the division are, are for me, they're pretty close to zero. Okay. Because I'm not expecting the Steelers to be able to beat the Ravens in that last game of the season. No. Um, you know, I, could it happen? Sure. Will it happen? Yeah. Maybe a, maybe a 5% chance. I watched enough of that 49ers Ravens game to just, you know, kind of get pissed off and turn it off. Um, um, I did the same. I turned but, it off. Yeah. Um, you know, Brock Purdy went from, you know, being leading the the MVP conversation to, I mean, he threw four interceptions um, and, and looked bad on, on most all on really bad on all of them. Um, so yeah, did, did, did the 49ers just lay an egg or, you know, are the Ravens the real deal? I mean, I think this Ravens team this year is playing the kind of football that we always hoped that that organization would play when it was here in Cleveland. They are taking it to everybody. And to go out West and play the, the best team in the NFC at home and, and really smack them around like they did. Um, man, the Ravens, they look tough. Um, and I like that we, we match up well against them, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and have beaten them recently. Um, I think we're probably one of the few teams in the league that, that does match up well with them in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be tough. Uh, getting past them I th- this year, I think they're they're just they're just a well-oiled machine. And you know, otherwise, I think the AFC is really wide open right now. Um, I think, yeah. To answer your question, I've watched a little bit of the scenarios. I'm not too worried about you know where we end up getting seated because I think we can we can beat pretty much anybody in the first round if we play well. You know, if we if we don't play well, then we're going to lose no matter what, right? But if we we got to play the way we're capable of playing, like we played in that Houston game, um, I mean, we can we can beat any of the the other playoff contenders that we're going to see in the first round, and then it's just a matter of how things fall. You know, if, if somebody else knocks off the Ravens, great. You know, but if we end up having yeah. to play them in the AFC Championship, you know, hey, we we I, th- I think we got a decent chance. Yeah, well, I I think the, the I think the the best hope and my understanding, and I could be wrong in some some of what I'm reading into this, but I think the the Browns' best hope is is wild card um, and the and being the number five seed, yeah. um, which would give them a bye in the first first week. Mm-hmm. 
um, and it would have them playing the number four seed. Right. In that first week, which would probably be the winner of the West NFC South. South, yeah. Yes. Which the Browns have beaten all of those teams. Yeah. And, and historically, Kevin Stefanski is like never has never lost to the AFC South. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We and got that going for us, which is nice. Yeah. So <laughs> if that happens, then that could set the Browns up for, you know, to possibly have a home game, depending on who they would play. You know, if they could win that game, it would depend who they would get the next week. Right. So, I mean, that's the way you would like to see it play out. But, sure. you know, and well, there's a lot there's, of football between now and then. There's an easy way to make that happen. Just win the last two games. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Unless, you know, oh. unless things fall, you know, there, there's there's one scenario where, you know, we can still win the division. And, you know, the Ravens have to lose both games and we have to win both games, which is, you know, highly unlikely. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, the Dolphins have a shot against the Ravens. I don't see how, I how the Ravens. I don't see I don't, how the Steelers are going to yeah. beat the Ravens. Just so so then it's, there's also the possibility that, you know, as we've discussed many times, um, that that week 18 game against the Bengals just doesn't matter. You know, we're we're yeah. firmly yeah. ensconced in that in that fifth spot and mm-hmm. we're not going to give it up based on conference record and everything else. So. Hey, let's just rest some guys, you know, and, and, it, and it doesn't really matter. That would be that would be even for me an even better case scenario, because then you get two weeks off for all those guys to heal up. Yeah, yeah. So, Menachem, how do you if that happens, how do you feel about resting guys? And I mean, might, that might be a dumb question, too. And I'm good at dumb questions tonight, but <laughs> because the Browns have had so many injuries, I think you, I think you have to rest guys. But teams have gotten into trouble with resting guys before and come out cold in playoff games. Yeah. So how, how do you feel about it? So I think it has, I think it's going to be, a, it has to depend on a player by player situation, obviously. I mean, certain starters I think are going to have to start just because the depth behind them is, is minimal to nothing. A good think, point. But I think some of the, some of the guys, especially guys who have like, who are a little bit more dinged up, as they say, if, if we can get them a, an opportunity to rest for a game, I would be totally for it. You know, if, if, yeah. if they want to give Plutonio a, 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 a week off so that you know and, and let and, and let Dunn play in, in his stead it's not going to be the same quality obviously but I'd I'd rather have a healthy Joel Batonio in the playoffs than than Michael Dunn playing uh, significant minutes in the playoffs so you know it's it's gonna, I think it's going to depend on on a lot of things like that and uh it also is going to depend on what what the Ravens do this week against Miami if if we have a sure. chance for the division I don't think I don't think Stefanski is going to take the the um his foot off the gas, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that we have some clarity going into that last week and know, you know, I don't, what would hate, what, what you'd hate to have happen is that a, is that a significant player in, in, in the last week of the season gets hurt and we, we end up having a problem in the playoffs because of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And I, I don't have the schedule in front of me. I'm assuming that last week that those, both of those games are one o'clock Sunday games. So you right know. now, they're, right now they're to be determined because they're okay. waiting to right. see. Uh, which so yeah, it's, it's one of the. I'm, selfishly, I'm I'm hoping that the that the Browns Bengals game is at one o'clock. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm whenever it is, I'm I'm looking forward to the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Very, very interesting. So, see what happens. Um, the first uh, Browns have to dispense with the Jets, who come into town with a six and nine record on Sunday, and uh, Browns at ten and five hope to uh, continue their winning ways. Uh, Browns favored by seven and a half in this game. The over/under is thirty-six, so we'll get those numbers out early here. Um, you know, a couple things here, guys. I mean, the Browns, the Browns just need need a win, just you know, just to kind of make sure they get in the playoffs and everything. Even though they have, I think, a ninety nine percent chance of making the playoffs right now, you know, they yeah. they really do want to be that number five seed, I think. And because uh, if mm-hmm. you can avoid a if you can avoid around one game, you want to do it. So, um, yeah. and another thing, I mean, uh, the Browns owe the Jets a game, okay. <laughs> After last season, um, yeah. I don't think you know anybody who was here, any of the players, um, that they, they're going to be ready to uh, to stick it to the Jets after last year and how that how that loss occurred. So yeah. I can't imagine that's so. not on the team's mind, um, even though this game has no meaning for the Jets um, whatsoever, other than you know draft position. Um, mm-hmm. The Browns are are still going to want to uh, probably, um, I, you know, I don't know, embarrass them if they can, or at least get a win. Let's put it that way. So, um, <laughs> so thoughts on this game? Does this game concern concern you, Jeff, or or what do you think? You think it's an easy win, or how do, how do you look at this game? Yeah, I don't want to tip my prediction here yet, but um, no, you don't have to. You know, once again, we are playing a less than stellar quarterback. Um, Trevor Simeon is their number three guy. Um, You know, he he he's played three games with them this year. Um, Played one game with Chicago last year. He played six games with New Orleans in 21. He didn't play the three years before that. Um, he is the, the very definition of a journeyman quarterback. Um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, we, we saw it with Case Keenum last week. Um, we've seen it with other quarterbacks throughout the season. Our defense can dominate guys like that. So... Our guys have done that all year. I, I have no reason to think that they won't do it again in the last home game. Um, and, and to me, that's that's the key to this game is our defense shutting down a journeyman quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Menachem, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think I think the Browns are going to have a. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for for a really good game. From the Browns, especially especially the defense, as you mentioned, Trevor Simeon has been a is the definition of a journeyman. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this when he he was he was on the Jets in I think it was 2019 when we played them in New in in New York on a Monday night, and uh, he came he he was the he was the backup that year and he came in and the first like two or for, within the first few plays, Miles introduced him to the ground a few times. <laughs> So hopefully, yeah. hopefully, hopefully, history will repeat itself in that regard. 
Uh, I messed up Menachem. Yeah, you're right. He threw he threw the ball six times that year <laughs> in that particular <laughs> game. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. So, so Trevor Simeon doesn't scare you guys. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, I believe that the the, uh, the Jets defense is still pretty decent. I would assume. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're 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 stout against the pass. So. Once again, Flacco has to be careful about taking care of the football, particularly in those short field situations. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just, uh, I think the Browns are going to be ready for this game. Um, yeah. I think they're going one week at a time, and I seriously doubt that this is a game they circled at the beginning of the season or anything like that, but now they're coming up they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, we remember last season, the Jets. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get this one. And they have who as their quarterback? Okay. I think we'll be okay. So, so yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's it's at home. I think the defense is going to play well. Um, like they like they have done, um, especially coming off that game in Houston. Um, it, it's pretty impressive that uh, that the Browns just keep losing guys and they just keep playing well. Um, they, mm-hmm. I really don't know how they're doing it. Um, you just got to tip your cap to the players, to the coaches, you know, everybody involved. Um, but but yeah. So um, weather I, forecast, I, by the way, Rod is. Uh, 40s and rain. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll change my prediction then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I might think about writing a different number down. Let's see. Let go. Might change a little bit. Um, let you guys think about Menachem. We're going to let you go first on the prediction. We we won't belabor the point. Um, so we'll, we'll get our predictions in here. Um. I'm going to think a little bit more on mine. Okay, so I'm going to go with the uh, the Browns winning. Uh, I know that's a shock. I know you're expecting me to go the other way. Having, <laughs> having grow, grown up in New York, I, I, I know you're figuring that. But, uh, yeah, I'm going Browns winning. I'm going to say 24 to 6. I think we're going to – I think it's going to be – I mean, you just mentioned the, the, the weather being a little bit of an issue, possibly. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think we're going to necessarily be able to air it out as as great as we could have otherwise if the weather is as expected. Although, from my understanding of Cleveland weather, what's expected one minute might change in like 30 seconds. That's a couple of days away. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Menachem taking the under. Give me your score again, Menachem. 24 to 6. The under, the over under being thirty six. Um, Jeff, what, what do you have in this one? Um, well, I, I like Menachem's score a lot. Um, I'm going to go a little bit tighter. Um, I'm going to go twenty to ten. Um, that ten is probably the Browns doing the Browns' offense doing something to give the Jets a short field because I don't think our defense is going to give up anything to Trevor Simeon. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't like our chances of kicking much with Riley Patterson in Cleveland um, in shitty weather. <laughs> um, I think he's probably going to take an offer and we're probably going to, you know, get a two point conversion somewhere, but don't look for a lot of field goals in this game. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm right there with you guys. Um, I, and Jeff, I, I had written down 27 to 10. So I just think the Browns get an extra touchdown. Um, and I was thinking the exact same thing. I think the Browns kind of hand them one with the offense, maybe a pick or something that, that, uh, you know, or fumble or something to where they, uh, to where the jets kind of get a freebie, uh, to get to the 10. But I, I originally wrote down 26, 10, but didn't want to push. So I'm going to go for the over. So Rod's going to just sneak to the over once again. Yeah. So I'll sneak to the over. Um, just, just so, just to differentiate our scores a little bit more. So yeah. you guys are going the under. Um, and, it is uh, also more fun taking the over. It's, it's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. I, I it have is. a reputation yeah. to think about, Menachem. I got you. I got you. Jeff, Jeff taking the under <laughs> a lot this year. Um, and we'll go back to last week. Um, 36-22 was the final, and I predicted 30 to 20. So I was, uh, I was the closest. Um, I don't remember what else I put, put in there. Probably nothing. Yeah. You had a, you had a touchdown pass to Amari Cooper. So, um, did I say that? Okay. Yeah. So that was a good. Call. Did I, did I mention anything about him breaking a record or anything? <laughs> no, you weren't that specific. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. I didn't think so. I didn't remember saying that, but yeah, never yeah. know. That might have been me that said that. <laughs> but yeah, well, Menachem, I mean, uh, you know, Jeff and I normally just miss these things all the time, and we've kind of been on a run here. Um, the You're past, catching us uh, at a bad time, Menachem. Yeah, I mean, I think the past three, three, um, Jeff and I have won the past three weeks. Although Menachem has a really good record on this podcast rod i think I mean, he does too he's the one that nailed dawson deaton a couple of years ago so uh, yeah yeah, that is true, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so so if you're a better and you're listening you probably want to go with the under and um and give the points yeah because uh, that's what monocum's saying maybe mm-hmm. even move the line a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys let's uh Let's get some closing thoughts. I, I don't think I missed any news or anything big, did I? Is there anything else no. going on that I missed? Okay, mostly it's just enough. reason all that stuff. So it's okay. Let's get some closing thoughts. Uh, Menachem, it's always great talking to you. What uh, what would you like to leave the listeners with tonight? So it's it's always great joining you guys. Um, it's the holiday season, and I just want to wish you you guys. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, whatever anyone celebrates out there, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, anything else, you should have a good year, a successful year to everyone. I just also want to take a moment. I might, my, I've mentioned a few times tonight and in previous times, I'm part of a Browns backers club, the Browns backers of North Jersey. They are, they're the, it's the greatest thing, one of the greatest things for sure that's happened in my life, becoming a member of this club. And if you, if you are in an area 
especially if you're in an area where, where the Browns games aren't on every week, I would definitely suggest finding Browns backers club. They're, they're amazing. The people, the people in our club are so welcoming. And so we, we have, we have different ages, different, different everything. And, and it's just amazing, but we all come together for one purpose and it's for, and it's cheering for the, for the, for the Browns and cursing out the Ravens and what else can you want <laughs> this holiday season? So thank you guys for having me. And uh, that's my thought for the day. Thank you. Absolutely. Always our pleasure, Menachem. Jeff, closing thoughts tonight. So uh, the Browns started out the season win-loss, win-loss, and then they put a couple of wins together. Then they had a loss and they put three wins together. Then they had a couple more losses and they now put three more wins together. This is the time to make it four. So if the trend follows, we go from one-game winning streak to a two-game winning streak to a three-game winning streak to a four-game winning streak. So book the big game over the Jets Thursday night as a win for the Browns. We clinch the playoffs, and we rest all our guys against the Bengals. Perfect scenario for me. Um, And then let's go see what happens in the playoffs. Yeah. And, and yeah, all I can say is – is Jeff, you've been pretty darn accurate as to how the season's unfolded. I mean, other than the fact that we, you know, had no well, way of knowing about the injuries or all the quarterbacks and all that, but um, but yeah, it's it's kind of unfolded the way you said it would, pretty I mean, much. I, as far I, I had as, us, I had us at ten wins at this point. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I I kind of got some games wrong along the way. I didn't well, think we'd go over the West Coast, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, Hey, we're, we're there. That's, that's what matters. And this is something that even if, you know, all of this injury stuff catches up with us in the playoffs, this is a solid season to build on. That's yeah. It's still going to be a great season. Absolutely. All right. This has been the Browns blitz. We thank you for listening and we will catch you next time. Yeah.